The Weekly Dish podcast is brought to you by Lakewinds Co-op in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield with delivery from Instacart. There's no membership required to shop at Lakewinds. All are welcome. Check out lakewinds.com, and if you can't make it to a Lakewinds, please visit your local food co-op in the neighborhood near you. Hi, it's Stephanie Hansen. Support local farmers with me this Thanksgiving. Reduce food miles, get fresh, delicious, locally grown food, and support your local farms. We have all the fixings for your Thanksgiving table for fresh flowers and cranberries from local growers to local turkeys from Featherstone Market, a local Cannon Falls, Minnesota, free-range, independent, third-generation family farm. Featherstone's turkeys are rotated through pastures, weather permitting, of course, and they're antibiotic-free, nitrate-free, and delicious. Lakewinds can help you simplify your Thanksgiving with deli-made sides. Lakewinds can help you simplify your Thanksgiving with deli-made sides made from scratch at the co-op. Everything is made in the deli and follows their high product standards, meaning no artificial colors or flavors, no artificial preservatives, and no hydrogenated oils or high-fructose corn syrup. They also offer options for special diets, including plant-based meats, and mains. The Lakewinds Bakehouse can take care of the pies, pumpkin, apple, pecan, or gluten-free pies and breads. When you shop the co-op, you support small-scale local farmers who use sustainable practices. Give thanks for the local farmers this Thanksgiving and support them when possible. Lakewinds Food Co-ops in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield with delivery from Instacart. Y'all. Weekly dayish. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, it is the time of weekly dish. That's my favorite time. Did we have another call? That no, we didn't. Okay, it's my favorite time, and you know why it's my favorite time? Why? Top two. Give him the old one, two. One, two, one, two. And now the weekly dish presents top two, top two, the top two. Pick your best two in our two. All right, give me two with him, with him, with him. All right, Smarchy, you want to start us off? Sure, I'll, I'll kick it off. Um, I have uh, to let you know that I was very excited to hear that uh, it's the Hindu New Year, basically, Diwali. Um, at They're celebrating it at uh, the Midtown Global Market. And I love the fact that they are, uh, they're just going to, you know, kind of embrace the light and it's a really beautiful celebration. And I love the fact that uh, Hot Indian is going to... They offer, they have some meal kits going there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Tell me about so them. I got to find the link that I did not put up, unfortunately. Sorry. Um, they, uh, they basically have, um, I mean, it's all the good food from Hot Indian that you know and love, um, but they are doing two meal kits. So if you don't feel like going to the Midtown Global Market to spend some time and celebrate, you can get, pick up uh, a little bit of, um, you can pick up a kit that'll help you out, and it's got a rice bowl kit for thirty two ninety nine, or the street uh, inspired kati roll kit for twenty nine ninety nine. And they have crunchy papadums. They've got chutneys. They've got fillings and toppings. They got roti. Yeah, they've got sweets. It's really good. And they've got mango and date ladoos, which are those beautiful little yummy things. Um, those. What are those? <laughs> what are those? How do I call those? Oh, the mangoes that are like rolled in like coconut. And, yes, it's yeah, like the sphere shaped, you know, kind yes, of a good little. Those. God, when those you do so whole thirty, that's like the only sugar you can eat. So Is it I really? Would, yeah, mainline uh, them basically. God, I love those. Those are such good little bites. That would be a fun little treat to have on Thanksgiving, by the way. Anyway, um, so that's it. That was hot Indian. I love that they're doing a lot of fun stuff, and it's happening today at the Midtown Global Market. All right, love it. 
Okay, so my top two is Fratelloni's Hardware. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I love Fratelloni's. I shopped there. I still, I went to the Grand Avenue one last weekend because I needed something. And I just like that one in particular. Um, but Fratelloni's is a local Minnesota family, local Minnesota-made company. They have found a tasty way to say thank you to their customers. So they purchased $100,000 worth of gift cards to Twin Cities-based restaurants, which that's pretty great and is meaningful to a lot of these restaurants. So beginning Friday, November 13th, which is yesterday, for every $50 spent at Fratelloni's, you get a $10 restaurant gift card. So it's a way to pay it back. It's a way to keep it local. You can pick from Blue Pay, Carboni's, Crave, Devani's, or Green Mill. You know you have to go to the hardware store. If you're going to the hardware store, why not do it and support local restaurants? So check out Fratelloni's. They have like 28 locations or something. Yeah. And Mike Fratelloni listens to the radio station and is a good friend of the Hubbards. And I just loved that they decided, hey, instead of just saying support your local restaurants, let's just put some cash down and do it. Totally. Totally. I love that idea. Um, I love also the fact of walk to end hunger this year is not going to give up the ghost for the fact that we're not all going to get together and walk in a big walk. This year, they're saying stay home, give back, give thanks. The virtual walk to end hunger. And I love the fact that they are raising money for nine Twin Cities hunger based uh, hunger relief organizations. So this is important. Um, You got to hold on. Uh, You're not going to go on Thanksgiving morning necessarily, but you are going to still do it. Um, you know, as, as it goes, it's kind of a virtual thing. Um, you're not going to all go together. You're going to do it on your own. And I'm going to give you guys the website, walk to hunger.org. They've already raised $112,000, which but their is great. goal is like 300. Their right? goal is 300,000. They're at 37% right now. So we have to do our, you know, we have to do what we can to donate and drive that up and get it to the, where we need it to be. And Steph already gave you a great idea, right? So yes. instead of having your big Thanksgiving with all your fam, you meet at a neutral place for an outdoor socially distanced walk. You then finish the walk yeah. and someone has hand pies or mini cheesecakes totally. or mini butt biscuits, mm-hmm. whatever the mini is that trips your trigger in the uh, glove compartment, not the glove compartment, in her <laughs> trunk. And she opens the trunk and she says, family, I've got these for you. And so you have walked, yep. you've raised money, mm-hmm. you get a little bit of a treat, you just need you to, got be in your to see your people. Yeah. And everything it's else. All good. I think it's a great thing. They actually have, um, if you register, you can still get a free Hunger Hero t shirt. Um, and I think that they are still, yeah, you can pick them up at the Mall of America um, on Friday the 20th or Sunday the 22nd or Monday the 23rd. So if you still want to get your T-shirts because, you know, if that's some people walk for the T-shirts, some people do runs for the T-shirts. I love it. And also it helps if it's your family team and you're doing it for a good cause. And here's a secret tip for those of you like me that say you're going to walk and you're not going to. You can just go to the website and donate. Yeah, that's the other thing. You know, like just walk in your heart. Support the other walkers, you know? <laughs> that's right. That's right. For those of you that might just be sitting on your couch, right. just support someone else's feet. I know. It's good. It's okay. good. What's your second? Here's my second. Uh, our friends at the Heavy Table are back, and they are publishing some content online, but also putting out these newsletters. And they every year did something that I thought was super fun called North Coast Nosh. And what they did is they did a live in-person event and it was like a farmer's market where you'd go and you'd meet them and you'd talk to the people. And what they're doing this year is they're doing it virtually, of course, because that's what we're all doing. 
So the way it works is you can, um, I'll put a link up, but it's $50 and you buy your ticket. And then the day of the NOSH, which is December 4th, you go from noon to six and you go by the food building and someone's going to, you're going to pull up and someone's going to bring your box out. In your box is going to be 15 things. It's some are full size, some are sample size, but you're going to get this giant box of Pervade, Minnesota and Wisconsin goods. And then we're going to Zoom together from 6 to 7.30 and we're going to talk to some of the makers. I'm going to do the hosting of the Zoom and we'll talk to James Norton, who's the uh, publisher of Heavy Table. We'll talk to Jill Kalala from Food Building and we'll talk to people like Alamer Cheese, Crapola Granola, Honey and Rye, Nordic Wares participating, St. Croix Chocolate Company and uh, Mung, Mung, uh, Union Mung Kitchen. And we're going to have like a nosh together where we get to do what you would do at a market where you spend five to 10 minutes talking to someone, you get to have their samples, but we're all together in a Zoom environment. So uh, we hope that you will participate. Okay. Okay. That's great. That's a lot. There's a lot of great stuff at the food building, I think, right now, especially if you're picking up things for Thanksgiving. Yeah, and they are also becoming a spot for... Uh, Linden Hills Farmer's Market. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And so let's say that you want to get like your squash, your potatoes, your onions, your turkey, and you want it all from Minnesota purveyors. That's a great place to check out the Linden Hills Farmer's Market. Well, oh. so, and it's really Frank and Ernest is the market yes. that is running it. And I think that it's important to remember, you don't have to go to Linden Hills. You can go to Northeast Minneapolis. But I do appreciate the fact that as we're getting into this time where we're kind of, we're pinching our social life and we're kind of trying to stay in smaller lanes, that if you don't, you still want to support farmers markets, you know, and, and small makers that you can order through. You can order everything online from Frank and Ernest, uh, the farmers market, and then you just pick it up Sunday. You just drive up and it's all boxed up and ready for you to go. I mean, this is produce. This is like if you're looking for great yams or if you're looking for Minnesota grown, you know, leafy vegetables or anything like that. That's all there. Love it. All right. There so that is. is our tap two an hour two. Um, Stephanie, was there anything else you were obsessed with this week? Do you have well, a Well, I do want to make sure that everybody knows about Feast Mail, that, that we did finally get a draw. This is the hashtag Feast Mail, the recipe swap that we were running off of uh, the Elfster software. Um, we did have some issues with some people, you know, not checking their email and then not having their addresses in. So I did have to delete some people. Um, because we just had to keep moving. So we, if you did get an email, if you haven't seen anything or heard anything, then you should probably check your email that you registered with. Um, and if you were deleted, you can go back in and you can re-enter your name and you have to give us your actual mailing address. And then I will redraw. I can redraw all the time. So if you missed our first one, I can put you in. And as soon as there's enough people to match, we can easily do that. So just remember that it's at, uh, it's feast mail. It's if you go to my Instagram, it's still linked in the Instagram, uh, place. And you can also follow on feast mail at feast mail on Instagram, which I have to update. And, uh, and I think there's a page on the weekly dish, uh, Facebook page that you can find too. But they've already had some people sending pictures of their little packs that they've gotten. Some recipes and some people have sent cute little, um, you know, little care packages, which is lovely. I did send my package. It just went out last night. I just went to the post office. So Michelle, my feast mail person, keep your eyes peeled. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. So that's your feast mail. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, turkey prep, turkey prep, prep, prep. On the weekly dish.
Hey, everybody. It's Steph March for Common Ground, Minnesota. And I just want to tell you how glad I am that we have a resource for farmers and food and agriculture in Minnesota. We are so lucky. It's one of the biggest things that our state is known for. And sometimes I feel like we don't get a chance to actually talk to farmers and find out what they're doing. And Common Ground, Minnesota is a, is, is a place on Facebook where you can ask questions about how your food is grown right here from local farmers. These are women who are volunteering their time to answer your questions and to engage in conversation. Plus, they'll show you cute farm pictures of their dog. I mean, what's better than that? And they post recipes. What could be better than that? Common Ground Minnesota is a resource for you guys, and it's all volunteer-led. And I just encourage everybody, if you're curious about your food and where it comes from and the farming that is going on in Minnesota, you want to get to Common Ground Minnesota on Facebook. Everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Um, it's turkey season. It oh. is. Am I, okay, I thought it, I thought it wasn't on. Um, we And we know that it's turkey season, and we know that we are talking about the fact that a lot of people, you know, in our listenership, maybe you've only gone to people's houses for dinner. Maybe you, this is the first year that since you're not being invited to mom's house, you're going to have to cook that bird yourself. And that is a t- kind of maybe, I don't know, maybe That's going to be hard. Maybe it's a small panic on your part. I don't know. Um I did find something that was really interesting online. I found this thing from Greener Pastures, and it was, and they called it Turkey 101, Mapping the Many Pathways of Turkey Production. Now, this is not as... it's Basically, it's a partnership with Good Acre, which we love those guys in Falcon Heights. Yes. Um, they're so smart, and they do good things. And it really talks about how... Um, the life of a turkey. And I'm going to put this up for you guys to read and scroll through. And I love it because it kind of gives you the idea of, you know, if there's the turkey is born on the farm or off a farm or, you know, the conventional versus free range versus pasture raised life, like what that means. And I think this is interesting because when we look at the labels and we make our choices, we do so thinking, you know, a certain set of rules makes it better in whatever way we decide. And I think this just gives you, an understanding. I don't, this is not a preachy piece. This is not like, you know, I mean, they talk about conventional death on the farm, you know, like slaughter, <laughs> small scale slaughter, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it is just like turkey and death in the same sentence. Well, because we are eating birds. I know. I mean, we you eat just, animals. You don't want to think about them being Well, I died. think that you should because I think that's part of being grateful. I know. That's and part I, of the whole thing. It's the circle of life. What's that? Like when you're a meat person and they want you to like go and see the slaughter so you can appreciate like, okay. Yeah, I'm both. I appreciate and I want to eat the meat, but I don't want to watch it bleed out. I don't think you have okay? to watch it, but I think you have to appreciate. And also, if you're making purchases, like, I, I guess for me, the whole thing is when somebody's like, well, mine's pasture raised. And I go, well, what does that mean to you? Why is that better? Well, in some respects, it means that they leave a little door open at the factory farm and the turkey can go out if it wants to, but it's never seen the light of day. So it doesn't even know that's an option. Right. But Do I you mean, know that, that they can say that that's pasture or... um they can say it's like pasture raised because there's a door open. Some of these are real weird. Yeah. Well, this one is a little bit about like, and I like the end of this one. If you want to scroll all the way to the bottom of this article, it talks about what is basted or self-basted. What does that mean? Basted means the turkey has been injected or marinated with spices, fat, stock, whatever. Um, In some cases that might make the bird slightly heavier, right? Which could impact the price. 
So if you are, I that's don't. That's why they started doing that. Right, I know. They sell it and, by the pound. You know, and the, and the basing solution may not make up more than three percent of the weight of the bird, but you kind of have to check that and label. It's just salty water. It's just salty water. Like if you're gonna bake it, if you're gonna cook a turkey, I think you shouldn't. You don't need it basted. Don't need it. Don't get it basted. I'm just gonna do the commentary while Apparently you do the facts. Apparently you are. Okay, so you're gonna <laughs> be commentary. the dark shadow. Yep. The dark shadow. Okay, fresh poultry. I want to say anything. Okay. Unlike most birds being sold, fresh poultry is never frozen. Now, there's a difference. A fresh turkey has never been frozen. And so that means the turkey was slaughtered within the last few days and must be kept refrigerated. Okay. Fresh birds should be cooked within one to two days. Now, um, this does not impact the turkey at all. But, I mean, the idea is that a lot of places are fresh, but then they freeze it so that they can transport it to you. And you may still have to kind of unthought, but it's still a fresh bird if it's been slaughtered within a couple of days. They still consider that um, locally. You know what I mean? Um, natural birds, the der- the birds labeled with the term natural won't contain any artificial ingredients, no flavorings, colorings, or preservatives. It does not in fact impact the actual way the bird lived. Okay? It's just an after effect. And they organic, didn't... of course, turkeys under the label must be fed organically certified non-GMO vegetarian feed. Only USDA uh, organic approved chemicals may be used to produce feed for the turkey. So that's what it means by organic. Okay. Right? How do you feel about organic? Do you ever get organic? I get organic a lot. Do you? I mean, yeah. turkey? Well, I only buy turkey once a year. Yeah. And I'll be, my best turkey I ever bought was from Ferndale Farms. Ferndale Market. Yep. Um, but a lot of times I've bought a Jenny O. Because yep. Kurt will be doing the shopping. He usually is kind of in charge of the turkey, to be honest. I yeah. do the gravy and the sides. Um, I, yeah, my best turkey was Frindell Market. Not going to lie. So my, we had, I also had a question. Someone was looking for, you know, local turkeys. And, uh, you know, Frindell Market is sort of the favorite locally, I think. You can it, drive to Cannon Falls. It takes like 30 minutes it from St. Paul. And you can... Shop in their little pantry store. Their on-farm market is open. Yeah. So you are free to go and they've got, you know, and you can do curbside pickup. Um, And, you know, they basically have the, they have some really great turkeys. They have a really great idea about raising birds and keeping them happy. And then, you know, and, but also meaty birds. Like, cause I know a lot of people think that if you're raising them free range and organically, you're not going to get like a meaty bird. I've heard that before. And that's not true. Like I order my big 20 pounders every year from Ferndale. I've thrown in a Larry Schultz organic. And haven't you seen a, haven't you seen a 20 pound bird walking through your yard? Yeah, They're I out know. there. This isn't a stretch. I know. But theirs are fresh. You know, there's are the fresh turkeys and you can get, you know, you can go curbside. They're at Lake Winds too. Remember they have pretty Larry much every Schultz co-op. and Ferndale. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much every co-op. And like mine, Harvest Moon out in Long Lake yeah. does um, Larry Schultz as well. I don't know if I'll do that, but you can get an organic. In fact, last year was Larry Schultz by accident. They sw- they accidentally messed up my order and I didn't care. You know, at the same point, that's all great. I got in a good organic turkey. Yeah. So I think that's a really good option. Obviously, a lot of the farmer's markets are still doing stuff. You're not going to. There is a rumor that there was uh, a shortage of turkeys this year. And I think um, like Lowry Hill Meats, they had a situation with uh, their processor where uh, one of their organic brands, I believe they couldn't slaughter them because the slaughterhouse had to be shut down for a COVID infection. And so everything got delayed. And I think there's a little bit of jiggering. So just, you know, sort of be aware, I guess is my point of like, know where you're getting it. I would start like at the co-ops right now, you can sign up and reserve your Turkey. Mm -hmm. I would do that soon.
no matter what. Um, but then I wanted to talk about, we want to talk about dry brining and wet brining because everybody wants to know, like, yes, the, la, I feel like last year was the, was like a big year for dry brine, which yeah. is just we, rubbing like every tricky. third year yeah. and then it cycles. It's dry brine, spatchcock, wet brine, yeah. and then it cycles through again. And I did <sighs> spatchcock last year and I, that's a ridiculous thing to do when you're getting a 20 pound turkey, by the way. <laughs> that was like, I wrestled that damn slippery bird. Uh, I mean, like literally I was like. So much salmonella everywhere because it was like all <laughs> over my shirt and everything. And Gross. I slicing that. I mean, it was just a massive thing. God, it was crazy. You are so funny. I'm probably never going to spatchcock a giant turkey again. But um, but that is the idea that then because that does make it easier to dry brine. If you're going to rub it in salt and everything, you know, to to lay it flat and do it like that, that's an easier way. And you want to do that for like, you know, at least a day. Right. Yes. For your dry brine. Um, the least. wet brine, I'm not against the wet brine anymore. I mean, it's not like I'm, I'll never do it. My big famous one that I did for years was that black tea, that orange yes. black tea and bourbon brine. And I feel like that has, like some years it was great and some years it was like, fine. And I don't know why, because it was the same recipe. Maybe it was the bird. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Totally could be. Um, so Samin Nosrat, yep. our favorite fat, uh, salt, fat, acid, heat. Lady, um, she, I guess, buttermilked brined a bunch of turkeys this year to as a thing because she did this buttermilk. Because it works great with chicken. Right. And so her big thing was like, should I do it with, you know, should I do it with, with turkey? turkey? Everyone was asking her. Yeah. So she's got a great, uh, she's got a great way of doing it. She has three different versions of it for you. Um, she's got the buttermilk brine. I think she's got it spatchcocked and then she's got it. Um, just to be clear, that's the cutting it is salmonella problem. Yep, salmonella all over your shirt. <laughs> um, but it, basically, she did it just with like just the breast. If you're just doing a smaller version, just with like a leg and a breast, she shows you how to do that. She has three different great things. But buttermilk brining, you have to. It's a 48 hour thing. Yeah, and you use a lot of buttermilk. Yeah, that's the other thing. Is like how much buttermilk do you ever buy For a like, turkey? You'd like have the to buy tiny just thing. Like a, on. You can make your buttermilk, by the way, by just adding sour cream yes. to your milk. So if you can't, or vinegar, yeah, vinegar to your too. milk or lemon juice, yeah. Um, but this is it. So I mean, like you know, the idea of of uh, making sure that your your turkey is on point. I think that you basically have you could Google at this point wet brine versus dry brine and cu- and sit for like two hours and read all the results. And it would be fun. It would be fun. You guys, we have so many emails that have come in. So I'm going to talk to you about pies, tips, and tricks, and then we're going to get to your emails on the Weekly Dish. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen from The Weekly Dish, and you may remember that I just sold my home in St. Paul and moved to Golden Valley. I did that with the help of CarrieAndSue.com. That's Carrie Outst and Sue Durfee from Remax Results. You guys, they were so responsive. They were straightforward. They were really respectful. When I was working with them and Kurt and I would have differing points of opinion, they would inject what they really thought, but they were respectful to both of us and helped us really come to a conclusion that we could find 
find the best house that would meet both of our needs. They're not a big team, but they provide very personal service. And each time you go through a home, you're going to deal with either Sue or Carrie. And when you get signed up, they don't hand you off to someone else. They take you through the entire process. They have very trusted people in their organization. Sue has over 20 years in real estate and has been voted both a super agent with Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine and best real estate agents from Minnesota Monthly. And Carrie, I've known for over 30 years. She is so responsive and so trustworthy. And honestly, I just had a great experience and I want you to know about it because buying a house is a big purchase and who you buy it with really can matter. So find Carrie and Sue at CarrieandSue.com, C-A-R-R-I-E, Carrie and Sue.com. We are talking about the secrets to making the best pies at home. And you know how I know how to make the best pies at home, friends? Because I've made some crappy pies at home. Okay? I have, And I am not a pie maker, by the way. Like, I'm going to just sit here because... It's fine. Do you I don't remember, make pies. Stephanie, I'll tell you. I swear it was like eight years ago. Because we've done this show a long time. So we keep recycling through old content. 175 so. years of this show. Yes. Yeah. Do you remember when... Okay. We always, at the beginning of the year, we have like food goals. And one of my food goals yes, from I, a long time ago mm-hmm. was I wanted to master making an apple pie. Yeah. And I think I read about it in fine it was cooking. Pastry, it was specifically to the pastry dough. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my goal for that year. And I made the pie. I read the instructions in fine cooking magazine. They had a whole section about making the best apple pie. And it was great. Then I never made one again. Uh-huh. Then I took a class, a local class with Heather's Pies a couple of years ago. And she gave a few more tips. And then really, my husband is an amazing baker. He doesn't, he's intuitive. He doesn't even measure anything. He just like feels it with his hands and it's the right thing. Yeah. He made a quiche last weekend that honestly was like the best quiche I've ever had. He didn't even look at a recipe and it was so beautiful. And I make quiche a lot and it was like, I don't know. It was just, I was like, this really sucks that yours looks so amazing and tastes so great. And I actually try and you don't. (laughs) He was like, I don't know. He's a savant. He's just like, it's just something. He's got the touch. Does he have a specific recipe he uses? No. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Wow. He just, he, he is good with dough. He's good at making galettes. He's good at making tarts. He just knows the feel of the dough. Pizza. Just something about him and dough. He's a dough man. So, I have had some wins. I've had some losses. So I speak from experience. Um, So I put my best pie crust ever. And again, I have worked this thing now for a few years. I put a recipe for it on stephaniesdish.com. And one of the secrets that I learned when making pie crust is, and you can use these for little pies too. So if you just want to make little individual pies, by all means, go ahead. A double crust recipe that I have will probably do four mini pies. Or maybe five or six, depending on how thick you want your crust. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's the secret, friends. Everything has to be cold. Cold yeah, butter. That's it. Cold. Everything cold. Can I have a quick sidebar? Yeah. Um, do you use lard? Have you used lard? I have used lard. I have so much lard in my freezer. Okay, Stephanie. And I have experience with lard. Remember the pie I made with the lard and I had to throw it out because I had the lard at room temperature? Oh, yeah. And 
I, I like had this bit. complete. Was oh and it, it yes yes it was disgusting. Yes, I remember it was that like now. having Crisco and trying to make pie dough with it. Right, and right, I, right, right, right. And I was like, how is this gonna work? Well, because yeah. you freeze the lard, uh huh, and you use frozen lard. I have frozen, so much frozen lard, and it's fantastic. Okay. You can use it in place of butter or half and half. Oh, okay, totally your call. Okay. I've done both. The, that's the, the lard we got from our pigs. Yes, it's I still great. have it. I haven't. I mean, I haven't done anything with it's it. It's great. It doesn't even taste like piggy at all. It's great. You can use all of it or half, half butter and half lard, okay. which is my personal preference. Okay. Okay. So frozen lard, frozen butter, whatever it is, keep your ingredients cold. When you use water to make the crust, you use ice water. You don't just use regular water. Okay. So you have your flour and I'm not picky about my kinds of flours. Some flours work a little bit better than others, but I'm always at the cabin and just have to use what I have. Okay. Then you cut up your butter and you're going to cut it into like big chunks, right? And you throw your chunky butter on top of your flour in your food processor. I always do this in a food processor. Kurt does it by hand. Uh-huh. You're going to ask if that makes the difference <laughs> and why his is better. And I'm going to tell you, no, he's going to tell you maybe. I think it is. Okay. So when I made it at Heather's, we just literally cut it on the counter. We cut the butter into the pastry flour yeah. and then we brought it together. However you do this is fine. Then... The butter, if you're not going to use lard, the butter is the thing. You have to use this high-fat European butter. You either have to use Kerrygold or you have to use Land O'Lakes. Now has a high-fat European butter. It comes in a black box. It's brand new. As far as I know, I'd never seen it before. It's and a I couple years it. old. But it's, and it's fantastic. It's really great. And Lurpak, we know which is always my favorite. Yes. Uh, Denmark, Danish butter is my is Hope also. Creamery butter, too, is also high-fat butter. They don't call it European butter, but it's locally made. The uh, the big rolls of the Amish butter, yes. too, that is also Rochdale Farms. That is delicious. High-fat butter. I'm going to so get some butter and go eat it on a piece That's, of bread. Yeah, remember when you ate just crackers and butter like it was cheese? Um, like yesterday or what? <laughs> so the butter is super important. It, it makes the dough have a different feel in your hands and in your rolling. And it's higher fat, so it's not as sticking to things. Yeah, yeah. And so you don't have to handle it as much. Okay. Okay, so high-fat butter, also super important. Let's say that you make your recipe and you put your four tablespoons of water in your dough and you're in the food processor and you're going a, a pulse. Not a, not it's a, a blend, it's but a, a pulse. Bonk, bonk, and you're waiting for it to kind of come together in a ball. Okay. Not a full ball, but enough of a ball that you can now dump it out on the counter and then finish with the rest of it and pat it into a ball. Okay. And it's not happening. You're doing this. It's not happening. Tablespoon of vodka. It should do it. Why vodka? Because the vodka evaporates when you cook it. Uh, So why couldn't it just be water? Because water doesn't evaporate. Vodka does. So, But only the alcohol in vodka evaporates. That's right. But all you're trying to do is get that dough to come together without making it too wet. Okay. Okay. And you want those big buttery chunks. And so you don't want to overhandle the dough. So the vodka just gives it enough moisture to bring that final together. Gotcha. Without more water and making it gluten and sticky. Okay. 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 So vodka is also a giant tip that people don't tell you about. Here's the other massive area where I have failed. So you get your dough, you chill your dough, okay? You put it into two discs, you put it in the refrigerator for 30 minutes and you take it out. You can either roll it right on your granite counter or you can roll it in between parchment paper, whatever, I've done both, it's fine. Then you put that piece of dough, that slab of dough back into the refrigerator and you put it in the refrigerator for 30 minutes. Then you take it out, you form it into your pie yeah, and 
If you really want to do this 100% right, you refrigerate the entire pie for another 30 minutes. Oh, this is too much for me. Okay. If you don't, <laughs> I sometimes skip that step because I get, I'm, I'm impatient. Yeah. But you work quickly, get your stuff in there, get your pie ready, and then you throw it in the oven. Because the, the going from chilled to the oven, it like sets the pie. I get it. I and get it. It keeps it so I that it. it's kind of good shape. It doesn't melt. It doesn't slump down the sides of the pie pan, which is usually I have slumpy pies. You have had slumpy pies. I remember. And I'm I'm better now because I, I make sure everything's cold. I'm not as impatient. I just wait. And then the crust doesn't slump down the side of the pie. And remember, your garage is your alternate fridge right now. Oh, So boy. you can absolutely stick it on your landing and then be great. And I think it's just important to note, like I came from a mom who was sort of hoardy and our front porch, back porch yeah. and our deck was like the third and fourth freezer. Oh, yeah. Literally, our house would have styrofoam coolers on the front porch 24-7. Oh. We looked like, like the Clampets. Uh, yeah. Well, you know. You know. You know. Okay. Also, Wait, have, have you done slab pies or have you just done pie shell pies? Just pie shell pies. Okay. I, you know, slab pies. I might do a slab I pie. I love the look of them. I think they're cute. I Actually, love... if I did a slab pie, it would be ridiculous because there's not enough people. You can do a half a sheet. Well, I could do. I have a cute little half pan. Half sheet pan is perfect for like four people. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then you could even like, if you go to the restaurant supply, you could buy half sheets and you could make pies for people and then they can just keep the half sheet or you can go to... Value Village, and you can buy half sheets, right? Or a half, buy pie pans. They had a bunch of cake pans there, by the way, the other day. At, well, no, that wasn't Value Village. It was somewhere else. But, you know, you can usually find sometimes people unload things. Like yeah. Commercially good wear. Okay. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. One other quick uh, tip. If you're making a fruit pie, they like you put cinnamon and you put all your stuff, your seasons, your spices in it. Sometimes they have you put flour. That's fine. Sometimes they have you put a little cornstarch. That's fine. If you want to kind of make sure that it doesn't get soggy on the bottom, yeah. you soggy sprinkle bottom. some tapioca pearls on the bottom of the pie, on the inside, before you put your filling down. And those tapioca pearls absorb the liquid from the fruit when oh, it from the fruit. cooks. Okay. So but then do they is, get no pearly? No. <laughs> They're tapioca pearls but are do you like, get like chewy? They're like corn meal. Like oh. they're not like literal pearls. Like you're thinking boba. I am thinking boba. <laughs> no. Like can it's you imagine like having a pineapple a boba pie, pie a sounds giant? really good. Oh, actually. I know. It would be minute. delicious. But no, tapioca pearls are just like corn flour kind of texture. Okay. But you sprinkle that on the inside of your pie on the dough before you cook it, and then you put your filling in and this is a secret that only professional bakers know, and they don't tell the home bakers, but that's why their pies set up and are not runny on the inside. Mm. They also, they let them cool before they cut them. That's the So <laughs> make your pies the day before, friends. That is true. I think that that's a thing you can do and be done and have it off your plate or on the day Or if you're getting of. up super early, because you got to put the turkey in, make your pie first. Have the, have the dough made the day before. So just get it rolled out, but that way it'll be cool enough if you're yeah. eating in the evening. But if you're eating midday, you should really be making your pies the day before. Yeah. Tapioca pearls. Tapioca Nobody pearls and vodka is the name of your pie book. Yeah. By the way, have you seen that book, the pie pieometry book? 
No. Oh my God, you guys. The, oh yes, I have. Yeah. Last year you showed it to us. Uh, was it? Because I thought maybe it came out this year. But the pylon tree is like how the super creative way of doing the lace on the top, like doing the pie toppings. And I mean, okay, gorgeous. that's one other quick thing. If you have, you know how you make frosting and you have the frosting top tips, you yes. take that tip yeah, the bag and you tips. unscrew the bag tip and you take it in your dough and you do circles. And then you put an egg wash around the edge of your pie yeah. and you layer just those pastry top circles that you well, made out of dough and it's super cute. There's a ton of great. I mean like oh my god if you go to Pinterest and look pie I know. tops, my god. Everybody's better than we are. Well, at but I mean there's some amazing like these intricate that are easy. Actually Zoe Bakes if you look on her Instagram, she did a pieometry pie that has this wonderfully twisted top that cute. looks so cute. So. Okay. So stephaniesish.com's the recipe, the videos, the whole thing. Okay. All right. So we had some emails that have come in. So before we do the moral of the story, I just want to get to those. Okay. Uh, Stephanie's, I'm making Thanksgiving dinner this year, but I don't want to make gravy. Any recommendations for where I can purchase store or restaurant? I've heard Williams and Sonoma has a good gravy. Step away from the Williams Sonoma gravy. Only because it's like nationally produced. It's going to be just in a jar full of yuck. Well, how about supporting your local makers who are out here doing the good stuff and they're doing it fresh live like the week of. So I think that's a big thing. So who would you get it from? I would get it from grocery's table. I know we just talked about their pies, but um, they have got the foie gras gravy that everyone is talking about. I would also grab it from Lowry Hill Meats, which has the foie gras gravy. Okay. Birchwood has gravy too. Yum Kitchen, Surdix. There's a lot of people that There's are just doing gravy. Yeah. Okay. Stephanie, this yeah. is from our friend and she said she's anonymous. I was feeling sorry for myself as I contemplated being by myself this Thanksgiving. My parents are in their 80s and in another city. My 20-something kids are not currently allowed in the house. You get the picture. Yep. So Thanksgiving this year is going to be a FaceTime call as we all eat our dinner in our separate safe locations. Sad but true. I was feeling sorry for myself until I thought about all of the people out there who are not only lonely, but maybe also homeless and suffering. So I'm donating everything I would spend on a feast to shelters and kitchens who are serving those folks. I would encourage others to do the same. Love to all. Let's stay safe this year so we can celebrate together next year. Love, Rose. This is really nice. Thank you for that, Rose. Uh, in fact, we had Sarah, who is one of our listeners on the Twitter. She said, she said, she sent us a little thing that she said, this is going into my work newsletter. And I think it's true for all of us in our Thanksgiving traditions, too. Imagine the usual Thanksgiving and all the traditions of years past. Um, and here it is what she says. Imagine the great joy and comfort we felt in years past as we've sung and prayed in a packed church with tidings of comfort and joy. Imagine it. Give yourself some time and space to grieve it. Then prepare to join us with as just as much comfort and joy as we worship remotely. It's the idea of thinking about that and grieving it for your Thanksgiving and then prepare a different kind of kick-ass turkey day for, you know, that's just going to be different. But to grieve that big, you know, the giant feast if you can't yep. have it. I love it. Yeah. Um, hi, Team Weekly Dish. This is from John. We live in Lakeville, but we love Minneapolis and St. Paul restaurants. So what are takeout options that travel well or can be reheated? We've tried the chicken from Bullshorn. We loved it. Thanks. Where do they live? Eat Lakeville. Oh, Lakeville. Um, wait, is this Thanksgiving? That yes. Okay, so I would say that mason jar in egan is a really great setup and those guys are scratch cooking and they're doing it really well they have so much variety of their pickup and here's they're doing they're doing two things you can do the, their thanksgiving kit which is you know herb roasted turkey candied yams buttered green beans all that stuff you can do it as a 
as a kit and pick it up the day before and then reheat it yourself. Or you can pick it up that day and get it, you know, kind of hot and ready to go. I will say, too, that because of this being a big Thanksgiving situation, the restaurants are doing a good job of packaging everything, right? Um, If you're doing a big feast, they're going to have everything set up for you and you're going to have instructions on how to reheat everything. So I do think this situation is a little bit different than just your normal takeout because they're anticipating you're going to cook it at home. Yeah. And and as far as I've seen, every single place is talking about doing, um, you know, they're they're talking about having massive instructions and plating and everything else to help walk you through how to put it all together. So pretty good. Yeah. There was a video on uh, Red Cow yesterday. They did a charcuterie board and showed because that's part of their package and they showed how to put a charcuterie board together, mm-hmm. which apparently your friend or not your friend, your son, Jake, is a master at. He's I did a master not know this. Charcuterie. I always love that. I love the way you say it. Charcuterie. I can never say it right. No, you're saying it your way, which is great. Factory. No, I think charcuterie <laughs> is right. You just I'd like, like a charcuterie tray. You just like clip it in that kind of very sassy way. Charcuterie. 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 Okay. Um, so there's also, I would say that if you're looking for something like you are looking for something to pick up the day of, remember that the, you don't have to just get a kit that is something that is like you have to do. If you're looking to do no work whatsoever, there are places like the Lexington, you know, that you pick it up the day and it's ready to go and you just got to maybe you want to warm it up. You know what I mean? Um, St. Dinette is the same day is the idea that you're picking up a meal that's ready. They do tell you that it's going to be cold and you will have to warm it up. But um, you sent me this is probably a segment for another day, but you sent me on Twitter or connected me on Twitter to someone that worked. I in just the- retweeted it. Someone that worked in the grocery business, I believe that it was, like in the catering side. Yeah. That went through the grievances that they've heard in like the last 10 years. Oh, it's... And one of the funniest grievances was someone who came to pick up their heat and eat meal, meaning not cooked. Right. And was wondering why it was cold. And I, it was just like him going back and forth trying to explain to this person. His name is Dylan Morrison. And this guy who works at... He's in Ohio. What's his Twitter feed? Because it was hilarious. It's, you know what? I'll post it onto the Weekly Dish. I'll okay. put it. I'll put it up because it is really worth the read. Basically, this guy has dealt with people who are, you know, being screamed at because her food wasn't hot. The food she had picked up two days prior. She was angry <laughs> that it came out of her fridge cold. Cold. <laughs> like, just get your mind around that one for I a love, second. But yeah, I don't know if you said this one, but I would like to order this hundred twenty dollar pre cooked prime rib roast. How long do I microwave it for? Medium rare. And he was like, oh, no, that's not, don't, don't do that. And the guy's like, oh, what, am I supposed to turn on my oven? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's kind of magical. Yeah, I spent like 10 minutes just laughing out loud. It was a really good Thinking about you. Hey, I want to talk a little bit quickly about what we're, you know, Give to the Max Day, like we said, is on Thursday. And one of the things, traditionally, this is a thing that um, a lot of people uh, you know, it's kind of a big flurry of giving and it's a really wonderful thing that happens for our local charities. And I think a lot of them are a little bit worried this year that there's it's going to be less than, you know, uh, great. <laughs> and I understand that because it is, you know, it is tough times and people are worried. But also, um, you know, there's still a lot of great things that you can do and ways to give small that still have an impact. I am going to be on uh, a really fun Talking Turkey live stream event uh, for Open Arms Minnesota, which is, of course, one of those great organizations that drives around the Twin Cities and feeds people who are uh, who are diagnosed with, you know, terminal illnesses. 
Um, and so this one is really great to raise money for such a good thing. It's me and a bunch of the Twin Cities top chefs, you guys. This is a really fun Zoom that's like Gavin Kaysen, and Kim, Justin Sutherland, Jamie Malone, Yia Vang, and Andros from Honey and Rye. Um, we're all going to be on this Zoom, and you get to ask them. They're going to be sharing some of their Thanksgiving memories, but you get to also ask them questions. So think of this as your pre-turkey day fun. Ask Ann Kim what her house smelled like growing up because it's a pretty good story. Yeah, I mean, honestly. So and it's really and it's a free to attend. You just have to register. It's on November 19th, 7 p.m. that Thursday. Um, but, you know, Cargill is also matching donations during the time. So if you come on and you throw, you know, a couple bucks that that way, they're matching dollar for dollar up to twelve thousand dollars. So it could be a great night. Just letting you know that one. We're going to put that one up on the Facebook, too. Okay. Um, next week, we still have great Thanksgiving, uh, fun coming up. It's the technical Thanksgiving show. We're going to tell you the wines to buy. We're going to talk about sides. I was going to do, I'm still going to do this, even though we're changing Thanksgiving, but I'm going to do uh cheese boards and beautiful balls of cheese. Just like next week you're going to, yeah. Cause you know, maybe we convert it into boxes. I don't know. I'm going to talk about cheese. Could we do like a cheese board that's sort of like single one single yeah, person? Maybe we can do maybe what would be fun to do is to talk about, you know, sort of like if you were gonna pick your three best cheeses in smaller portions. Like if you were only having three cheeses, maybe do like a three cheese combination. Maybe you ways. do your segment and I'll okay. do mine. <laughs> Sorry. Is that bossy? Apparently I talk over you, chew you up, and spit you out according to some listeners. Weekly so. dish. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Ciao, ciao.